0: My question for you all this week is actually, it's not even my question, because I found this on CBR.com. Which MCU heroine are you based on your favorite Taylor Swift era? So hopefully you guys all looked at the article, figured out your answer. Um, Tabitha, as the resident uh, Swifty, I want to start with you this week. (laughs)
1: So I really hate when I get called out by like a BuzzFeed quiz and this kind of felt very much like that. Um, however, I will say that it's not all of the Taylor Swift eras that are included in here. Yeah. So if they had all been included, I would have a much different answer, but they were not. So I chose Mastermind, which is the newest album. Um, and I, again, felt very called out when it paired me up with Nebula. <laughs> 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 uh, Great redemption arc, villain, antihero. Then becomes a full hero. Uh, the only part I'm really mad about is that she has to hang out with Chris Pratt. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or Chris Pratt.
1: Chris Pratt. Um,
0: mine, so I chose 1989. So this, this quiz says that 1989 is for the Cosmopolitan, and that matches up to uh, Hawkeye Kate Bishop, which... Uh, it says here um, the the new Hawkeye may refuse her origins, but she's a New York cosmo- Cosmopolitan girl, uh, even though her color is purple, not sky blue. Her Taylor Swift album is definitely 1989. Um, I don't know that I'm necessarily Cosmopolitan. Matt.
2: Um, so I, I don't know that I actually fit with um, the heroine for I guess at this point, what I would consider my favorite Taylor Swift album. Um, but I would also go with 1989 as far as favorite albums. Um, but if I would have to pick a heroine, um, I would almost put, um, Jessica Jones more fitting with, um, some of 1989 than, um, then I would Kate Bishop. So
0: Matt, just, uh, making up his own game. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Uh, Lydia.
3: I just want you to know that I hate you for making me choose something from Taylor Swift, but (laughs) based on this, I went with Speak Now, which made me feel even more called out because I'm Yelena. (laughs) (laughs) Which, you know, says she went from being the victim of the Red Room to becoming its ultimate demise. And I was like, oh, oh, (laughs) I'm called out. But I guess that's a good thing. I don't know. Either way, I still hate you for making me choose the Taylor Swift thing.
0: Just shake it off, Lydia. Shake it off. (laughs) You're listening to The Geek Awakens with Mitch,
2: Matt,
3: Tabitha, and Lydia.
0: So we're going to start tonight. Um, I kind of wanted to talk about something that like, I saw, and then I thought it was cool, and then I did a little bit of research, and then I found like, a-holes being a-holes on the internet. So, you know, whatever. As they do. Yeah, as they do. So in the lead up to the release of Alan Scott, The Green Lantern, number one, which came out this week, uh, series writer Tim Sheridan took to social media uh, to ask queer comic fans and allies to pick up the issue to both show that there is a demand for these books and also to shut up the haters. Uh, To prove that he's not just saying this just to make more money, uh, Sheridan also announced that everything he makes in royalties from the series will be donated to the Elton John uh, AIDS Foundation, whose mission is to be a powerful force in ending the AIDS epidemic. Super cool, right? Awesome. So, I was doing a little bit of research, as in, like, I was Googling. (laughs) Just, you know, seeing what other information I could find or whatever. Um, I didn't find a whole lot, but I did stumble upon this article. I'm using this term loosely from uh, Bounding into Comics, which has a lot of ties to Comicsgate. So the writer of the article criticizes a preview page uh, that showed J. Edgar Hoover blackmailing, blackmailing Alan Scott, which I guess to kind of backtrack real quick. Uh, This book does take place in, like, the late 30s, early 40s. Um, Yeah. So, anyway. um, So, J. Edgar Hoover is blackmailing Alan Scott into being more visible within the JSA, Justice Society of America. But, like, the article is just really, really bizarre. Like, the article, like, it only uses the term homosexual. It doesn't say gay or LGBTQ or even LGBT, you know, whatever. Um, There's a caption to a panel of an earlier comic where Alan Scott comes out to his daughter. The caption reads, quote, Alan Scott informs his children he's a homosexual in Infinite Frontier Number 0. Like, on the surface, nothing really wrong with that statement, but it's just... It's weird. It's
2: weird. Weird.
0: (laughs) So then, um, he also claims... That the comic shows Alan Scott and his partner, Johnny Ladd, no relation.
3: Um, <laughs> <laughs> Tabitha almost
0: lost her beer. <laughs> <laughs> she is in the process of losing
1: <laughs> <laughs> almost came out of my nose.
0: <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, He says that the comic shows Alan and Johnny, quote, engaging in sodomy. Um, (laughs) Um. So I I read this issue uh, yesterday, A, because I've been looking forward to this miniseries for a while. Um, But yeah. Anyway, so plot twist. um, The comic does not show that. (laughs) There's...
1: Lack of sodomy. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Like, the closest you get, like, the two guys are shirtless, and they are in bed together. And they have kind of, like, an intimate-ish moment. Like, you can see that, like, they're about to kiss. I honestly don't even remember if they actually kiss. Yeah. There ain't no butt stuff going on.
1: <laughs> that's a, that's later. You made me spit this beer out. <laughs> I'm going to be so mad at you.
0: You realize, at this point, this is my... it's my goal i do yes (laughs) so the writer ends his article talking about how sodomy is a sin and like i didn't even put this in my notes but like there's even like another picture in the article that is a painting of like jesus on the cross and everything i'm like okay like the article ends with quote what do you make of Sheridan begging his followers to boost sales for this piece of
2: propaganda? The <laughs> article is bizarre. It is almost jumping to conclusions that it's, it's like they wrote the article and didn't actually read the comic. Um, and uh, I don't know, as a comic book creator, I, I it doesn't matter what the book is about. You're allowed to plug the book because you put the time and effort into it so and and that's exactly the
0: point like Sheridan said in his in his video and he posted it to just about every social media you can think of uh, x Facebook Instagram it's probably on MySpace I'm not 100% on that one (laughs) Sheridan even said like in his video how these people like you know the the comics gate you know crowd or whatever like they will look for an excuse to criticize something and they will try to they will they will try to put like what they think is fair criticism yeah but they haven't even read the book but yeah um all that said you don't have to worry about seeing any any sodomy in 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 that um Maybe in some of the books that we're going to talk about later on, but that's beside the point. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, like this is this is an interesting story. It's in a really cool time frame, like right around the World War Two error era. Um, error. Error. Yeah. Well, yeah. which yeah. Taylor Swift era is that? Uh, <laughs> don't blame um, that one on her. Yet. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> but um, but yeah, like. I don't know. If you're if you're a superhero fan like 100%, I recommend, you know, checking this book out. So with that, let's go to the pool list. What's on our pull list this week? And we're going to start tonight with Little Red Wolf. It's out now from Oni Press by Emily Fleche. Uh so a young wolf goes on a journey to bring uh food to a sick grandmother when he accidentally eats all the food a little girl offers to help uh too bad like most humans she tries to ruin everything (laughs) um this this book was cute it was it started off as kind of like a subversion of little red Riding hood Mm -hmm. but then it took a turn um not like a weird turn like this book is very much for kids and it stays for kids like there was one book that we read like forever ago where we thought it was a kids book, and then midway through we were like, "Ooh, this is not." Mm-hmm. Um, but no, this is this is very much early readers. Um, I liked it. It was the the art was fun. You know the story itself. You know, like like I said, I thought it was going in one direction, and yes, a children's book pulled me for, for a loop. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> um, I also really felt with um, Little Red Wolf. You know, not even so much the, uh, like, so the scene where he's like, oh, well, I'll just eat a foot. <laughs> and then, well, I should probably eat all the feet because then grandma won't think that it's weird that he's only missing one foot. And then, you know, like, <laughs> so just like one by one by one, now he's eating the whole freaking, you know, rabbit. Like, I'm not even necessarily just talking about. Food, but just like life in general, like that is one hundred percent something that I would do. Like I'm gonna start <laughs> off with just oh doing this one little thing. Okay, well it now makes sense to do this other thing, and now I've just messed everything up. <laughs> but uh, Lydia, what do you think?
3: I loved this. It is really cute. Like you said, with the whole uh, kind of subversion of the Little Red Riding Hood story at the beginning. Like I loved the com- like complete flip flop with that. And then, just the further you go, like into the rabbit hole or mouse hole, I guess, since you know he follows a mouse down a hole at one point, um, like it just gets more and more off course, kind of like he does. I really want to get this like in a hard copy and put on my shelf because I love kind of like oddball kid stories, and the art is really, really cute. Um, yeah, I yeah, I love this. <laughs>
0: Now, I'm just picturing you reading that to your kid.
3: Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I'm a weird person, and my kids are going to be weird, okay? Like, you act like you expect anything else.
0: (laughs) Okay, well, first off, we all, yeah, we all know you're weird, Lydia, and that's fine because we're we're, weird. We are weird too. (laughs) Are you sure? Tabitha, what'd you think?
1: (laughs) So worried about your health. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I really enjoyed this. Um, The art was there were moments where it was like absolutely breathtaking. And I like Lydia really kind of want a hard copy of this because I want to see it in its full format without the like, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Watermark. Thank you. Uh, across the middle of the book. Um There were pictures and pages of this that I would have loved to just take screenshots of to have for future reference. I were just so beautiful. Um I love a creepy kid story. Creepy kid stories are my favorite kid stories. And this had just enough darkness to it. To where, while still being kid-appropriate, like, as a kid, I think it would have given me, like, a little bit of a hebe, which was, like, my favorite. So, this was just so well
2: done. Matt, what'd you think? Yeah, this, this was fantastic. Um, the art, like Tabitha said, is absolutely gorgeous. Like, I love this art style. Um, the only moment where the art threw me was, like, the first time you meet the little girl... Kind of a little Pennywise ish. Mm -hmm. Like the face, the nose, the cheeks. I was like, "Mm, that kid's like, I knew the kid was wrong because (laughs) of the way that like the story was flipped, but like the kid was just kind of creepy. But uh, no, overall, I love this. I love when they can, when anybody can take a fairy tale that's so well known that all of us, whether you read it or have read it in, 20 years like can basically recite the story and you flip it on its head or twist it and do something new and different um i just read a book where they took the pied piper story and kind of did the same thing so like i love this this was fantastic it was a great way to do this and yeah if we can get hands on a physical copy uh, definitely recommend that
1: that fox went about eating that rabbit like i go about eating cake and so that was very relatable for me <laughs> <laughs> I
3: also like the way, like it kind of took the whole humans can be the monsters and put it in your face because so often people look at things like wolves and say, oh well, they're just monsters. They don't have like hearts or they don't believe in they 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 don't care about anything. They're destructive, and no, that's people. That's not (laughs) always the animals or anything like that. So,
0: so the other book we're going to talk about tonight is. Very different from Little Red Wolf. <laughs> it is Money Shot Comes Again, number five. I feel like I've done this before where I paired like a kid's book and a not kid's book. Sorry. Um, so Money Shot Comes Again, number five. Out Now from Vault. Written by Tim Seeley with art by Giselle Legace. Uh, so our heroes and triple explorers are out to take down billionaire Brooks Froud. Uh Can they do it from... Cherry's World of 80s adult comics. Um, Tabitha, let's start with you on this time.
1: So I had very few memories of the first arc of this that we read. So I had to go back and kind of refresh myself on the world that we were in. Um, This is forever one of those very, it's like hyper intelligent. Like it's this hyper intelligent comic series that is pornography based and i find that like dichotomy between those two things absolutely fascinating because obviously the author of these novel or these comics has researched the science behind these things and put it in there because it's 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 very technical right but you at the heart of it have these sex bots and like these cameras and it's just it's such a weird combination and for some reason it really 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 works and i just always am left wanting to know more about these characters so i i am i'm of two minds with this like i really enjoy it but at the end i <laughs> i'm feeling unsatisfied
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> didn't mean to say that but here we
0: are <laughs> um matt you said you did not read it
2: right no i did okay cool what'd you think no i have this series from the first group of issues that we read to this new one it's it's just a lot of fun um but i will say too like the almost real world parallels to some of this um is is fantastic um Like, this whole arc of these five issues is them going after this billionaire that has gone into space. And, um, like, he's basically abandoned the planet and he runs this Amazon knockoff. And he goes to this other planet and is turning this other planet into an Amazon warehouse. Um, But it's him, like, he is also underhandedly. Weasels his way into their technology that they use every day for their sex explorations. Um, and they need to, <laughs> <laughs> like, they need to get to the bottom of that. And <laughs> uh. <laughs> this is getting worse. Um, that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I always do this. Anyway, um, I don't know. It. I really enjoyed this. I hope we continue to get more issues. Because, um, yeah, the, the story, the characters. And that's the thing is, like, above and beyond the, you know, adult content. Like, I really like the characters. And I like their backstory and want to know more about the characters themselves.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um... I really enjoyed this. I was actually very far behind. So I took the opportunity to catch up and read basically the entire arc um, at once. And I'm glad I did because if I had taken a break between issues, like I probably would have be- needed like a really big refresher. Although like the first page of issue five does kind of give you that refresher, which I was like, thank you. Thank you, Tim Seeley. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but overall like you guys have hit the nails on the head um this book it's it's very smart there's there's a lot of humor there's a lot of humor that's going to go over your head and then you'll realize it a couple pages later and like your brain will catch up to to you and you'll be like oh yeah that oh oh wow yeah funny um my so cherry let's talk about cherry for (laughs) a second um if you are not familiar um Cherry was big in, like, the 80s. Um, I want to say the last issue or whatever featuring her in, in a comic book was in, like, the mid-2000s. I did a little bit of a Wikipedia deep dive this afternoon, okay? Um, and things have happened. I've forgotten most of it, but it's fine. <laughs> so, with Cherry, her art style, or the, the, the art style for this comic is very similar to Archie. Yep. Mm-hmm. And... So, Cherry is this freshly 18-year-old girl, and all of the books are very dirty. Like, they're all, like, of horny teenagers, just 18, and they have a lot of sex. So, anyway. So, that, that that's just a little bit of backstory. I say all this because... Spoilers, I guess. But there's a scene where there's basically, like, an orgy in a school library, and one of these other students looks very much like Jughead. And I never thought that I would see Jughead screwing anybody. And <laughs> here we are. Like, he basically, like, if he had had the crown, it would have been, like, a selling point. Like, to go back to, like, the back the background of Cherry, like, there were lawsuits threatened because oh. of how similar the art style and kind of like the happy-go-lucky teenager you know backstory is like nothing ever really came of it but like um (laughs) but yeah like yeah there it's not just you know if, if you read this book and you're like wow this looks familiar like no it it does and it's probably on purpose but yeah that said like yeah this book was a lot of fun i know that um, in the main series, I kind of trailed off um, during like the last handful of issues. So there are some characters that you saw in the first series that popped back up. that I'm like, OK, I, now I kind of want to go back and I want to meet them again. But all right, let's go into gut reaction. Ow!
3: Gut reaction.
0: And we're going to start tonight um, with Matt. Uh, you've got some news on Doctor
2: Who that I am very excited about. <laughs> i do so um if you have been living under a rock or not a doctor who fan um hey doctor who is jumping to disney plus very soon um and when it jumps to disney plus we are going to be getting um three specials um starting november 25th which is only two days after the actual 60th anniversary of Dr. Who's first episode, obviously not, uh, accidental. Um, the first of these three specials is going to air. Um, it's, it's David Tennant coming back, uh, with Catherine Tate as Donna Noble, um, companion taking on a, bad guy who is recurring from the old old series um the toy maker but this time is played by neil patrick harris um we've got three specials the first one is star beast november 25th wild blue yonder uh december 2nd and then the giggle december 9th which will then give us the new Doctor leading into the scheduled premiere um, of the new season in 2024. Um, I, I'm i so ready for more Doctor Who. I can't wait. Um, I did watch the trailer, and I know that we had expressed a little bit of concern when Disney kind of grabbed Doctor Who, um, and you can kind of see how... Grabbed the- by the TARDIS.
1: <laughs> Where's my <laughs> it's, bell? It's right here. Give me my bell. You're welcome. Thank you.
2: Um, you can kind of see in this trailer how Disney <clears throat> has left the show writing alone, but there's definitely, they've definitely pumped some money into the special effects and you can see that. Yeah. Um, so i don't know we'll we'll see how the how that goes because part of the appeal of doctor who has always kind of been that campy special effects at least since the relaunch i don't know we'll see i'm still super super excited for all three of these and then the reveal of the 15th doctor um so i'm gonna go thumbs up lydia
3: i have not been living under a rock (laughs) i just don't have that much time (laughs) More attention span,
0: we're talking about a tra- time traveler. You have literally all the time in the world.
3: I don't have a blue box. <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys are excited. I mean, with it being on Disney Plus, that's more accessible for me to try to watch it. But let's be honest, I, I I'm not gonna get around to this anytime soon. So, <laughs> I'm glad you're happy. Thumbs up.
0: Yeah, giant thumbs up. Um, I watched the trailer. Um. Was it just me, or did the unit building look a lot like Avengers Tower? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like Star Tower. Aware. Yeah. Um, but yeah, super, super excited, and just kind of dawned on me, because I started watching Doctor Who in the lead-up to the 50th anniversary, so like, I've been a Whovian for like a decade now. That's just... I don't know. It seems weird, because <laughs> it still doesn't feel like I've been into this show for that long, but yet here I am. <sighs> Time is just wibbly wobbly, Tabitha.
1: Does this mean the old episodes are going to also be accessible on Disney Plus, or is it just going to be the new stuff? I
0: think it's just since the the
2: relaunch. Yeah, not the classic. Uh,
1: No, that's what I mean. Like since Appleton, like yes, as of the
2: as of the relaunch, as of the as of the twenty fifth, when this special airs, all of the episodes of Doctor Who since the relaunch are jumping from HBO to disney plus
1: for some reason this makes it seem more accessible for me to maybe sit down and finally keep going with the show uh i don't know why because we also have access to it on hbo i don't know disney plus feels more accessible probably because i'm a child um (laughs) 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 so thumbs up for maybe getting eventually caught up probably not because i'm me (laughs)
0: uh tabitha i want to talk about something that i wanted to talk about last week but kind of forgot um What did Charlie Cox do at New York Comic Con? Uh,
1: He was the coolest is what he did. (laughs) Um, Okay. So Charlie Cox, everybody's favorite daredevil, uh, cosplayed at New York City Comic Con as Bluey wearing his (laughs) Arsenal Football Club shirt. Uh, Not everyone who met Bluey uh, realized that it was Charlie Cox Um, and... There were a lot of posts online, people being like, "Met this really cool bluey, or look at this really cool bluey. And then people were like, wait. That's Charlie Cox. And then those people (laughs) who originally posted it were like, what? I met Charlie Cox. Um, And then, of course, the Internet did what the Internet does. And now there is a bunch of fan created art out there with Bluey dressed as Daredevil. And that is absolutely the crossover. I did not know I needed until I saw it. And now I want that so bad in real life. So thumbs up to Charlie Cox. I absolutely just love these celebrities who like cosplay and like roam Comic Cons and like very rarely get recognized. That brings me so much joy.
2: Matt, yeah, I'm gonna second that. Like, if you can do that and not only like cosplay and be a celebrity and walk the floor and have aha moments with fans, I I think that's fantastic. And then for him to be able to pull something that's from a completely other fandom, basically, and integrate the two, and now, yeah, I didn't know I needed a Bluey Daredevil crossover, but uh, I gotta go find this. Thumbs up, Blue Devil, <laughs> uh, Lydia.
3: This is super cute. And I love that when you Google this, the first like four pictures are of him and Electra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is wonderful. Thumbs up.
0: Yeah, giant thumbs up. Uh, this is just, it's so awesome. And that would 100% be me. I would be the person who would get a picture with a celebrity and then be like, hey, check out this really awesome, you know, like cosplay. And then they're like, oh, hey, um, you know, that's Will
2: Whe- Wheaton, right? And I'm like,
0: what
2: like meeting somebody in an elevator i knew who that was <laughs> From <the dictum. clears throat>
0: anyway starting october 29th the official one piece youtube channel will will air every episode of the anime 24 7 for a year in celebration of the show's 25th anniversary Uh, One Piece is one of the longest anime titles ever, currently at just under 1,100 episodes, and the show is still going on. Um, So, counting just the episodes, as of right now, there will be 450 hours of content, which obviously will go up when they add the new episodes, as well as if they include films and specials. Um, That's looking like that... That is about 20 days of content, 24-7. You don't sleep. You don't wow. do anything but look at your YouTube. Um, this all builds up to the end of both the One Piece manga and anime, uh, which they are both in their final arcs. Uh, Giving this a thumbs up. Um, I've watched the first few episodes of the Netflix adaptation of One Piece. I enjoyed it. Um, I mean to go back and finish it. I just haven't. Uh, but this also like the Netflix ad- adaptation has also made me want to go back and start watching, um, the anime. I didn't realize that there are a lot of episodes of the anime, so it's definitely going to be one of those where uh, I just watch when I can. Um, <laughs> so something like this, this YouTube channel, uh, this just is amazing to me. Tabitha.
1: Yeah. I was very interested in watching the Netflix special, or what series they've got going on right now and then i looked up how many episodes there were of the original anime because i you know love a good backstory and one of the uh, no i don't have that kind of time in my life ever in the history of anything i
0: think whatever i have is contagious
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, <I'll> <laughs> maybe i don't know i think i'm broken um <laughs> do you have a gas leak <laughs> We don't have gas <laughs> well uh, i have no explanation for you and i then um i <laughs> Did you say ivan <laughs> who's ivan the terrible um <laughs> i wish i had the kind of time that i'm sure that there are people around the world that are going to be able to dedicate to this 24-hour one piece marathon youtube channel thing but i do not but thumbs up for the general idea because how cool is it that all of it's in one place
0: one piece is in one place yes
2: (laughs) matt i think this is great this reminds me of those moments when as a kid like you were getting a new season of a show and nickelodeon or whoever it was that aired it would like for an entire week straight would just like bombard you with every single episode so that then on Friday night, when the new episodes launched, you could sit down and watch that first new episode. That's what this reminds me of. And that's one of those things that we don't get anymore with this instant access, constant streaming content society that we're in. So, while, yes, I, I don't have the time to join in on this, I think it's fun. I think it's awesome that they're doing this. Um, also, side note, um, I found. I have to go back and find it again. But there are uh, articles or links online to the quote-unquote essential episodes. So you can get the brunt of the story without watching 1,100 episodes. Hmm. So it comes down to like 200 or 300 episodes, which is still a very large number, but it's way less than 1,100. Either way, thumbs up. I think this is fun. I like this. Lydia. Yeah.
3: Yeah with all you guys i had no idea there was that many episodes of this i knew it was l- like a long series i know it's been around for a while i had no idea there was that much of it i think it's really cool that they're putting it all in one spot and making it access accessible for everybody to w- watch and i also like that you found a list like that because <laughs> let, let's oh. face it how many episodes of any series are there that are just filler that yeah. you could honestly skip over and really not miss anything. So the fact that somebody actually went through and said, hey, here's what you need to actually get the storyline <laughs> and not have to watch 1,100 episodes. So, yeah, thumbs up.
2: Matt, let's talk about The Stand. So The Stand, I am almost, up, I'm pretty actually upset by part of this. Um, the Stand was released 45 years ago. Yeah. The stand is four years older than I am, which is insane to me. Um, regardless, um, there is a new book coming in the universe of the stand, which has Stephen King's blessing. It is going to be an anthology of some of the biggest, most impressive names in horror today, kicking in stories in this universe. Um, we have got um, Brian Keene, Christopher Golden, um Alma Katsu, Caroline Kepnes, Josh Mallerman, Paul Tremblay, S.A. Crosby. Wayne Brady is co-writing a, sh- uh, a, a, a story for this. Um, <laughs> one of
1: these things is nothing like <laughs> this me. Right?
2: I know. <laughs> I That was the one that kind of like really caught me off guard, but like. There are just so many names. Um, Joe R. Lansdale, um, Haley Piper, who has grown and become hugely popular in the horror circles recently. Um, Not only is this approved by Stephen King, he's writing the introduction to this himself. There is a joke kind of going along with this on the internet that the anthology is going to be as big as the original book. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Which probably is not inaccurate based on this list of writers. The Stand is one of those I've never gotten around to reading from Stephen King. This anthology might make it happen for me. Um, like Tabitha, I'm a sucker for a backstory. So you give me the Stand, and then you give me other characters surrounding it or different points of view. I'm I'm in. I think this is fantastic. I love it. Thumbs up,
0: Lydia.
3: I feel like this is all of these like writers fan fictions that they've been holding on to for years <laughs> that they finally went, hey, maybe if we all band together and tell Stephen King this, let us actually you know, do something with him. <laughs> and it worked. But I'm here for it. I-, I also have not read it, but I'm I'm down. Let's go.
1: <laughs> Thumbs up.
0: Yeah, I've never been a big Stephen King fan, but I mean, this this sounds really cool. Thumbs up. Tell group
2: group read along. Right.
1: <laughs> I'm not rereading the stand. <laughs> so you can keep me out of your group read along. Um, while I do enjoy Stephen King, that book was. Remember how you said about like episodes and TV shows that don't matter and don't need to be in there? Uh-huh. Like 75% of that book didn't need to be in there. <laughs> so I'm hoping that this anthology is the 75% of that book that should have been in there. Instead of what we got. So I'm going thumb sideways on this simply because the, I am not a stan of the stand. Um, so. Um.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Tabby, hit me one more time.
1: I'm going to murder you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hit you with a. Pr- prying pan if i about said prying fan i'm going home a pr- a prying pan. <laughs> i'm allergic to you
0: i mean you've been saying that for how many years now
1: i don't know I'm too long <laughs> oh jesus all right so we freed Brittany, and now she's dancing with knives on social media and writing books
0: <laughs> um, at the same time <laughs> pretty much
1: um i'm here for it uh her book uh the woman in me actually released yesterday and i kinda can't wait to get my hands on a copy of it um early reviews are calling the writing conversational and straightforward and if you have been following Brittany on the social media and looking at her captions on her posts i don't <sighs> think she's capable of anything different so i'm glad that they stick with the authenticity um As with any celebrity memoir, there's some sordid details that are coming out. Uh, Now we are privy to her past uh, relationships and her trauma. And the tea on her relationship with Justin Timberlake is just apparently piping hot. I've been trying to avoid too many spoilers. Um, but a review I came across called it a Southern Gothic memoir. And when you kind of think about it, <laughs> with Britney's traumatic life, it is yeah. not an inaccurate statement. Because I don't know what's more Faulkner than Britney Spears. <laughs> so I'm interested to see what she has to say. I am concerned about some of it being written and edited down by the uh, the estate that she is still kind of sort of governed by. But at the end of the day, I just want the drama, so a thumbs up.
2: Matt, I've read some of those captions. I hope they edited parts of this book <laughs> because otherwise, it's going to be the length of the stand, and there's going to be twenty five percent content. Um, they're entertaining. Don't don't. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie about that, but it's rambling badly. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm glad that she was able to do this um, and to tell some of the backstory that um, we haven't been able to get because of the conservatorship and everything else that she's gone through. I also never thought about her story as a Southern Gothic, and I'm both intrigued and bothered. So, thumbs sideways. <laughs> Lydia.
3: Yeah, I'm with you. Like, I'm I'm glad she's free or whatever. I'm glad she's living her life and enjoying it to the fullest I don't do memoirs anyway and I definitely didn't need one from her. No offense, Brittany. Uh, So thumbs sideways. Cause I'm, I don't know how to feel about this guys.
0: I'll go thumbs up. Um, This isn't on my TBR currently, but like, especially, you know, like if Tabitha, if you get around to reading it and you're like, Hey, you really need to read this. (laughs) Then maybe I will. Um, That said, did I hear or read that like Michelle Williams did the audiobook for this?
1: She sure did, and it sounds like a dramatic reading of a 12-year-old girl's Facebook post. Truly, I've listened oh, to some God. of it. So <laughs> fabulous.
0: So I am more apt to listen to the audiobook for this one. Um, also, like going back to the um, JTT. I'm not talking about Jonathan Taylor Thomas. <laughs> 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 um <laughs> Yeah, like how awkward is it? Like first off, Justin Timberlake is immortal. He's he is cancel proof. Um I think the su- I think the Super Bowl kind of proved proved that. Um but how awkward is it for like the other members of NSync like, "Oh hey, we're we're going to get back together. We put out a new song. Things are happening." JT gets canceled. <laughs>
1: Bernie Spears mic drop <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, director Alex Payne spoke at the Middleburg Film Festival to promote his new film, The Holdovers, uh, when he had some interesting words for films these days. Uh, He said, quote, you want your movie to be as short as possible. There are too many damn long movies these days. Uh, For reference, The Holdovers is around 124 minutes. Um, (laughs) So,
3: is it a horror movie? Because that's about the average length of one of them.
0: I, I, I don't know what The Holdovers is, but um, I'm giving this a thumbs up. He is spot on. Um, I can't tell you how many movies where I'm like, hey, this is kind of cool. Oh, the runtime is over three hours. Ugh. You know, like there is a time and a place for movies that long, but it's not something that needs to be all the time. He is totally right. Tabitha.
1: I sometimes feel like it depends on the story that needs to be told. So... Uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, the Martin Scorsese movie that just came out based on the book, um, has a runtime of just over three hours. And A, we all know Martin Scorsese can't edit a film to save his life. So it's probably got some stuff in there that doesn't need to be in there. But at the same time, the sweeping epic of that story, I feel like, kind of warrants the three hours. Granted, I haven't seen it yet, but if it's anything like the book, they needed three hours. Titanic, they needed the three hours. Um, some of these movies that are just absolutely nothing, and you are watching nothing for three hours, looking at you, Quentin Tarantino. Um, those don't need to be three hours. So I think it's I think it depends on the director, and like I would watch a four hour Baz Lerman film. But I would not watch a 20-minute M Night Shyamalan movie. So I think it depends on the story, and it depends on the director, and it just depends on the film if we need a long one or not. So I'm gonna go thumb sideways.
0: Matt.
2: I I'm torn on this because I don't yes, we have gotten more three hour, three plus hour movies in recent memory, but there are also still plenty of movies that are 97 minutes which are you know an hour and a half um but like I, that just i love those <laughs> <laughs> like every disney film ever is you know like 97 minutes long um but like there's still plenty of films that are being done that are of a decent length or that are not overextended and i agree with tabitha that yes it depends on the director it depends on the story um you know, did Avengers need to be three hours to fit all of that stuff in? Yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> I I don't know. It's like but, three
1: pot lines we could have left out of that.
2: That's fair. But, um, you know, at the same time, don't criticize this and then drop a two-hour movie. Like, that's still on the long side of films. So you don't get to criticize and then drop a 124-minute movie. Thumbs down to this guy.
0: Lydia.
3: So, I love that we've all come up with different, like, movies to explain this with. But yes, it definitely depends on, like, who the director is and what the storyline is. Because if you're going to give me a movie that is going to be storyline the whole way through, I'm all for it. But, example I have, like, The Batman, great movie. Did not need to be three hours because we had a half hour of just long panning shots of like coming into a scene that had no other purpose like th- there's a time and a place for that length of a movie it gets misused so i'm gonna go thumb sideways because yeah like i agree with matt you can't criticize it and then drop a two-hour movie
0: so along those same lines uh the marvels is about to break an mcu record Uh, The movie, featuring Captain Marvel, Ms. Marvel, and Monica Rambeau, will run for 1 hour and 45 minutes, making it the shortest MCU movie, beating out both The Incredible Hulk and Thor The Dark World, which both ran for an hour and 52 minutes. Um, Also giving this a thumbs up, um, I am very excited for this movie. I want to see this movie. That said, um, while, yes something like endgame needed to be three hours long um sorry tabitha (laughs) (laughs) the mcu has flirted with long movies for a while now and i am ready for a a shorter movie um one that can maybe hold my attention span just a little bit um and i'm really i'm i'm hoping and i'm confident that they can tell the story that they need to tell in that amount of time tabitha
1: as long as they can tell the story they need to tell in that amount of time, I'm fine with it. I think in most of the Marvel movies, there are plot lines inserted for um, <sighs> marketing reasons. Like, did we, like, there's just... <sighs> okay, I'm going to try not to get out of soapbox here. It irritates me that the first Marvel movie that centers three women is going to be the shortest one. That feels targeted, and I don't like that. So I'm going to need to see this before I can pass judgment. So thumb sideways.
0: I'm not going to stand on my soapbox. Proceeds to stand on my soapbox.
1: <laughs> I stood I mean, on it very wrong. briefly with one foot.
0: You're, at best. You're not wrong. I agree with you.
2: However. <laughs> Matt. No, I do agree that it is somewhat telling that you know this one with three female leads Um, is the shortest of the Marvel movies, but the other hand is Marvel has obviously learned some things from previous movies, previous phases and the TV shows they produced. Um, I think they have learned from the TV shows, how to produce story in a more concise fashion, so maybe this is just the start of slightly shorter Marvel movies to come where they're able to cut down on the fluff and give us the story that we need in a more concise format. Um, so until we see it, I'm going to go thumb sideways, but I'm hopeful that despite, you know, this being the three female leads, um, that it is a, a, a tighter story and less, less fluff. Lydia.
3: I don't have anything to add what they said. Thumb
0: sideways. (laughs) Uh, Matt, let's talk about everything, everywhere, all at once.
2: So it is time for the (laughs) Hugos. And Hugos are most commonly referenced with books and novels. Um, But it includes all forms of writing, which include graphic novels and screenplays. Um, So among the list of 2023 Hugo Awards, which I believe are released less than 2 days ago um everything everywhere all at once has won a hugo for best tr- best dramatic presentation in long form um it was up against avatar the way of water um screenplay written by james cameron <clears throat> uh <laughs> black panther wakanda forever nope severance season 1 um and turning red so it had some pretty solid competition um, uh, There's, you should go look at the list because there's some fantastic other books and stories that are on this list um, from all kinds of authors across the board. Um, but I don't know. It's just fun to know that the uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once party gets to continue with the Hugos. So thumbs up.
0: Yeah, big thumbs up from not Seth. I'm going to
2: take <laughs> up his earbuds because I can hear myself. <laughs> Uh yeah, everywhere,
0: everything, everywhere, all at once. Should, everybody should see it again and again and again because it's great.
2: Um, but this is also just my time to let you guys know that I worked with somebody who had multiple Hugo awards in her office because her and her husbands are writers and like basically win every year. It seems like a Hugo award. What? They're very impressive, heavy,
0: <laughs> heavy awards. And I'm just like, you said these children in your office. She's like yeah, these are just a few of them. I'm like that's a very casual thing to say. <laughs> All right, so thumbs up.
3: I like wow. that. That's what we get him to talk about.
1: On the <laughs> I'm show. gonna have an everything, everywhere, all at once story every, every week,
0: <laughs> like, even if you have to make one up. Yeah, like <laughs> even if it has
1: to become like the lin Manuel Miranda news desk or the Baby Yoda news desk, we're gonna have the everything, everywhere, all at news desk.
0: <laughs> 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 Lydia.
3: So I actually need to go and. Finish this movie because i never actually watched all of it other than what we watched in the hotel room at c2e2 (laughs) but that's really cool i want to go back and finish it because it really seemed like a cool movie so thumbs up
0: yeah um sorry sorry not seth (laughs) he may try to kick you out of the house but you can stay (laughs) um but no giant thumbs up this is really cool and um This doesn't affect my thumb in any way, but just I do recognize that if I gave this anything other than a thumbs up, um, I would be in big trouble.
1: Tabitha. Um, Please also don't kick me out of the house because I have also not finished watching this, Um, but I'm giving this a thumbs up. So don't yell at me.
0: Tabitha, let's talk about Bond. James Bond.
1: Y'all, I just want a new James Bond movie. Um, But according to Barbara Broccoli, um, I'm going to be waiting for a minute. I'm sorry. Who? Barbara Broccoli. Barbara
0: Broccoli. Her last name is Broccoli. Yes. Broccoli.
1: Barbara Broccoli. That's the producer of James Bond. Her dad was Has dad been. was the producer yeah. before her. Yeah.
2: Yeah. She's been the producer for 25 yeah, years. Yeah, at least. Yeah. And since, she hasn't gone since, bad yet. Since
1: Pierce Bro. <laughs> <laughs> since Pierce. <laughs> since Pierce Brosnan, I think, was when Barbara took over. Yeah. So uh, however long that was. Oh, that was more than 25 years. That was the 90s. That was Goldeneye. Ouch.
2: That's not 25 years ago. <laughs> Damn it. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> uh, anyway, okay, anyway,
1: Barbara Broccoli, that is her name, <laughs> um, said that there's a big road ahead for James Bond, but they essentially don't know where that road goes or who's driving the Aston Martin. Um, they, from what I read of her statement, it's essentially they thought at the end of the original Bond franchise, the Bond was over, right? And then it just keeps revisiting. After the Cold War, they thought Bond was over. After the Pierce Brosnan run, they thought Bond was over. At this point, they know Bond is not done. They just don't know where he's going. However, to scratch my Bond itch, I guess, um, Amazon is doing a reality competition called 007, 007 Road to a Million, where teams of two are going to be competing on a global adventure filmed at some iconic Bond locations. Uh, it's going to test their intelligence, endurance, and heroism. I am kind of interested to see what this show is going to look like. I love a good man venture, and this kind of seems very rat racy but like add James Bond in it. Uh, while I usually don't like reality TV, I will probably give this a shot. Um, so I'm giving. Barbara Broccoli a Thumbs sideways for her statement I just want more Bond and a thumbs up For the TV Show because I'm very interested
2: Matt I'm also ready for more James Bond I want more movies Um I have followed James Bond And Barbara Broccoli and the Stories of you know Casting new Bonds and new stories And movie like movie delays and things like that long enough where I don't hundred percent believe that they don't really that that the casting of bond is as open as they think, as they say it is. Um, I think they've probably got it narrowed down to three or four and they're just trying to figure that out from there. Who's going to fit the story that they want to tell best. Um, that's my, that's my two cents. Um, I also don't do reality TV, but I don't know. It'd be fun to see some of those iconic James Bond locations in another setting. Um, so I'd probably give the show a try. Um, I don't know. I'm going some sideways. I think just because I, I don't really believe that they don't know who they're picking yet.
0: Lydia.
3: I, I'm really just trying not to get kicked out of the house by somebody tonight. I, <laughs> I, I've never seen a James Bond movie.
0: It's okay. Neither have I. Okay.
1: Cool. Oh my God.
3: You shouldn't eat. be
0: surprised. Okay, I'm
1: gonna ask for one thing for my birthday next year, and it is two days of like movie marathons where we each pick movies that we hold dear and near to our hearts, and then we have to watch them.
0: I am a hundred percent down for that. We don't even have to wait for your birthday. I'm like, I am here for this. Okay. I feel like That's we awesome.
1: need to like have it. Work. We're together
3: though, because otherwise yes. it's just not gonna yes. happen. Yeah, no, no, no. Course, no we have
1: to like lock ourselves in a house with like snacks, and we're not allowed to leave until it's completed. Perfect. Yes. Um,
3: Anyway, uh, I don't really care one way or the other if there's more movies because I haven't seen any of them at this point, so <laughs> doesn't make a difference to me. However, if it's teams of two on this thi- this this reality TV series, I say all of us couples sign up, and then whoever wins, we split the earnings off.
1: Uh, while my intelligence is high, my heroism is in the toilet. And my endurance is about enough to get me up the staircase.
3: Okay, but you see you see, that's fine though, because you're still keeping other people out of the running. That's fair. That's fair. And then that gives the rest of us more of a chance. That's
1: fair.
0: Yeah. Um Your heart's in the right place with that, Lydia, but <laughs> I I'm gonna have to politely decline. <laughs> Um, I, I don't have a shaken martini in this race, so I'm just going to go thumb sideways. Um, Matt, let's talk about Spider-Man 2. Um, uh,
2: so the new Spider-Man game was released for PlayStation this last week. Sure. I don't remember exactly the date of release. Um, regardless, um, Sony and their advertising company, um, really kind of pulled out all the stops um, for a display advertisement in Waterman's Cove, uh, Bangaroo, Sydney. Um, They suspended a full size truck from webbing and symbiote fluid. Um, It's like perched at a 45 degree angle. It's, suspended between light posts uh the truck has the spider-man 2 logo and like theme all over this truck um, this is fantastic this is a great marketing ploy um, i'm sad that it was in australia and we had absolutely zero chance to go see this um, but uh huge credit to this advertising team for coming up with this and being able to pull this off um the picture's the pictures are awesome, but I don't think they really do it justice. Um, I'm gonna go thumbs up, Lydia.
0: It
3: was released on the 20th. Oh, uh, to answer your question, thank you. Uh, yeah, I hadn't seen the pictures until I was just watching you scroll by them. This is awesome. <laughs> like a plus marketing, good for you. Although, how? Why, why did it have to be in Australia? That's not fair. Like, at, at least make it like New York, because at least then I we have like some chance of going to see it. And you know, it's on brand, so. Thumbs up for the marketing. Thumbs down for the fact that it's all the way in Australia, where the spiders live. <laughs> hey, maybe that's why.
0: Yeah, it may be with the deadly spiders.
3: Yeah, yeah, it all makes sense.
0: Um, yeah, I'm. This is awesome. I'm giving this a big thumbs up, mate. Uh, Tabitha,
2: <laughs> he did. Yes,
1: I literally stopped listening the second Matt started talking about Spider Man. Um, <laughs> no, I was paying attention. Um, this is really cool. I, wonderful marketing, and I think I kind of thought. When I saw this, that the joke was the giant spiders in Australia. And they were like, oh, Spider-Man, giant spiders in Australia. And I'm like, oh, okay. That makes sense. But I don't have a thumb when it comes to Spider-Man. Fresh out of thumbs.
0: Tabitha, let's smell what the rock is cooking.
1: Oh, Lord. (laughs) Well, uh, Musée Grévin in Paris unveiled a wax statue of the rock. Um, but it was very clearly a whitewashed version. Um, as someone who is super proud of their heritage and background like The Rock, who is Samoan and Black Nova Scotian, um, he ended up coming out and making a statement saying that the statue needed some important details updated, uh, they could start with his skin color. The statue was corrected, uh, to the museum's credit within 24 hours, and they said that they essentially just made an honest mistake um they usually have live models for the Lax museum or they've had some kind of live interaction with the person but they've only seen photos of the rock and that was their excuse which is no excuse because every photo you see of the rock he is very tan and this just looked like a white man from the suburbs um so kudos to them for fixing it boo that we had to have this conversation good for the rock for standing up for himself and not just being like oh it's okay it's whatever it's fine it's just a wax statue um i don't know how this how this happened but here we are
2: Meh, they're french meh (laughs) (laughs) um i the fact that they corrected this is is a credit to them it shouldn't have happened in the first place um but as usual, the Rock on social media and in public just like a plus. Like he is a like a publicity god when it comes to stuff like this. He just plays all this stuff just the right way. Um, I don't know. Thumbs sideways that they had to fix it. Thumbs up that they did fix it. Um, at least you know the the new presentation uh, will be right.
0: Lydia,
3: so this statue looks like the Rock and Vin Diesel had a baby, <laughs> and that's what <laughs> yes. the statue uh, is yeah. of.
2: Yes, it does. 100 <laughs> yeah. uh, percent.
3: Oh my gosh, how do you mess it up that bad? Like, they're French. I...
1: <laughs>
3: Fair enough. I'm glad they fixed it, but yeah, thumbs down for the fact that they had to in the first place.
0: Yeah, thumbs down for yeah the fact that yeah this was even a thing. However. I will say, especially if they only saw pictures, they saw pictures of him. And then somebody was like, yeah, his real name is Dwayne Johnson. Then they were like, oh, yeah, he has to be white. (laughs) So that's how this happened.
1: That's fair. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Tabitha, you have also our last story of the night. Uh, We haven't had a good KFC story. So let's talk about KFC's Bizarre Adventure.
1: So, I did not know what JoJo's Bizarre Adventure was until I saw this article, but since it was a KFC story, we had to talk about it. Uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is an anime adventure series about the real world with the ad ex- added existence of supernatural forces and beings. And like Mitch, I fell down the Wikipedia rabbit hole with this show. <laughs> there, There's so much information and so many spinoffs. Um, but I, was, I, like Mitch, have also forgotten most of what I read on Wikipedia. <laughs> um, however, the big KFC event that's going to begin on October 27th will run for a limited time. There's going to be two JoJo meals complete with anime-themed buckets. This is obviously only available in Japan, so no! we will not be able to get the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Buckets. Um, unbeknownst to me, uh, apparently J- KFC Japan frequently teams up with anime franchises, so I guess now we're just going to have to be on the lookout look to see who they will team up with next. Why they haven't come out with like a one-piece, like where you just get one <laughs> piece of chicken is beyond me. I looked that up because I was like, that would be brilliant, and it didn't happen, and that makes me sad. So KFC, call me. I got a marketing idea.
0: This is so cool. Um, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Uh, I read the first volume of the manga, and I have like the next couple, but I, I never went back to it. Um, it's it, it, they're not kidding when they say it's a bizarre adventure. This this book, this series, it's just so out there. But like, I'm so here for it, and I'm so bummed that we're not getting this in America jojo
3: is one of those things that like especially going to like anime central for years i experienced like in passing but never knew a whole lot about but yeah it is definitely lives up to its name um i'm kind of sad that like kfc in japan is the only one that you can do this at Mm -hmm. and it kind of makes me think back to um arby's run on social media with the like, video game ads that they were doing Mm -hmm. that you never got anything from. It was just the ad. Like, if you have the time to do this, you could give it to the public, at least. (laughs) But why is it always going to be Japan that gets cool stuff?
1: I don't know. We're not cool.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's dumb. Let's move to Japan, guys. Actually, no. We
1: just moved you in here. If you move to Japan, you're hiring movers. My back can't not take another Mitch move.
0: <laughs> Neither can mine. No. <laughs> so, um it's already late guys and um because somebody has to go on vacation next week, we still need to record another episode. So, um bye.
1: Bye. 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 Totals. Totals. <laughs>
0: That's going to do it for this episode of The Geek Awakens. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, shoot us an email at thegeekawakenspodcast at gmail.com.
3: It would be a shame if you didn't follow us on Facebook and Instagram at thegeekawakenspodcast or on Twitter at Geek Awakens.
2: Theme music created and produced by E. Cannon Beats.
1: Our logo was designed by Shay McCain.
2: Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. We're
0: boldly gone.